My name is Alan Wake. I'm a writer. For 13 years, I've been Alan trapped Wake. in a dark place, I'm experiencing possible horrors that are sick to my years, I have been trapped in the dark Two years place. ago, three, a place uh, that is dark. A critic of my writing was poor. It turned out that it's actually a spiritual that goes inside of a volcano. Not everybody in this room is just how invisible it is. Will they be a writer under the ground? They also know that they have a dark sky. A dark place that is not darkness. A night that is not night. If you're a writer, I'll show you your Herald of Darkness, lost in the never-ending night, diving deep to the surface. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds. of all possible worlds the first and only podcast to champion the herald of darkness i am the worst of all possible aj's <laughs> the worst of all possible brian's and i'm mickey mouse what the yes! fuck <laughs> what <laughs> no we're back we're back i'm the worst of all possible josh's we're back we're here for you with another case study in the pop culture of a dying empire and this time around we're taking a look at Something that a lot of you have wanted us to talk about. And frankly, we've wanted to talk about it, too. Yes, we are returning to the woods to get comfy once again with Alan Wake in his latest adventure, Alan Wake 2. You you don't you guys need to know how much Mm. I have begged these men not to make me play another fucking remedy game (laughs) for this podcast. And the worst thing is I didn't play Alan Wake one. I wasn't, I didn't have a device that I could play it on. That's right. You guys played it. Our guest Jack played it. And I had watched a bunch of videos and talked to you guys beforehand and all of that. So I was like, you know, I don't really remember what happened because I don't remember anything that we do on the podcast. So in December, they did a remastered version of it that I got for free on PlayStation plus. I went and, played it in December and had a horrible time. I just didn't understand how bad it felt at every single moment to play that game. I hate it so much. That's my review. (laughs) Of of Alan Wake 1. Of Alan Wake 1. Alan Wake 1. Because it turns out Alan Wake 2 a little different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit different. I don't want to show my hand too early, but uh, too bad. I love this fucking game. (laughs) Holy shit. They pulled it off. Sam Lake, a man who I genuinely thought did not have this in him, uh, uh, pulled out what might be one of the greatest games of last year and maybe one of my favorite games I've played in a very long time. Mm. So I am so excited that we get to talk about this today and that we get to like go on like a Sam Lake apology tour, I guess. (laughs) That's right. Sam Lake, get your ukulele ready. You need to apologize to us. (laughs) Um, No, it's it's exciting, right? Because when we played Alan Wake originally for our episode, all the way back in uh what, what was that again 2022 like, 20, like yeah. february or march or something like yeah it was two years ago yeah well obviously we re-released that episode as well uh last week and uh if you haven't had a chance to listen you can go back it's been unlocked it's free little quick bullet point here remedy entertainment 
video game studio based out of Espoo, Finland. You might also know it as the home of Nokia. Oh, shit. Yep. Second largest city in Finland. Mm-hmm. And Remedy rose to acclaim with Max Payne, which was the first sort of big budget game that they developed. It wasn't their very first game, yeah. but it was the first one to get major acclaim. Released that in 2001. They released the follow-up Max Payne 2 in 2003. And both of these games were published by Take Two under the Rockstar Games label. They were written by a fellow named Sam Lake, who yes. very quickly made a name for himself as sort of an auteur in the video game world. Something that's very rare, something that you usually associate typically more with Japanese developers, right? You got like mm-hmm. Iga, Suda. And Kojima. Yeah, of course. But Lake is is the rare Finnish, uh, the rare, the rare Finnish person. There's not a lot of them. <laughs> we are frequently we pop in and out of the top 250 podcasts in Finland. So I'm hoping that this episode puts us back in that top 250. It is so funny because this game is so Finnish in a way yeah. that no other Remedy game before it really is. Yeah. And I, we're going to delve into that a little bit later, but it is worth pointing out that like. For a long time, I think Remedy has tried to make games that are more American, mm-hmm. and it is it is so lovely that we finally get to celebrate the great country of Finland. Well, and, yeah. and, and, and a lot of that comes back to Sam Lake, right? Because yes. Sam Lake uh, started out just being a developer. He got roped into it yeah. in college. He was not one of the co-founders. He was a, he was a film student, and somebody that he played D&D with in high school had started a game studio and was like, hey, you're a writer. And he's like, yes, I'm a writer. <laughs> yes, I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, th- they had this car game that they made first. Uh, and so he wrote some little things for that. And then Max Payne was like, what if we make a game just based on my writing, where my yeah. writing fucking dominates it and there's like constant narration and everything. And, you know, big fan of like noir and American mm-hmm. cinema noir specifically. And so Sam Blake pretty quickly puts his creative imprint on Remedy. And after Max Payne and especially Max Payne 2, he becomes more or less synonymous with the studio. He ends up yeah. getting named creative director uh, a little bit later right. on. And I think that it's fair to say that what people think of as a quote unquote remedy game is pretty much what Sam Lake wants to make becomes yeah. a remedy game in many ways. Yeah. And what's been more the case over the past couple games is that. It's what Sam Lake wants and then inspires other people to want. And then they throw some more stuff into the gumbo. So as Remedy has gone on, their games have gotten more and more complicated and there are more and more moving parts. Like we see in Control, the introduction of a a musical number, for example, which is now seemingly now becoming a staple of it. But there is. I'm okay with that. I would love. I mean, yeah, it's, it fucking rules. They've really improved on the formula too. There's always a, a sort of a live action element that they love to incorporate into a remedy yeah. game. It's always a third person shooter. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. always uh, narration and voiceover happening. There's mm-hmm. always very talkative characters, movie type editing and filming, including actual live action footage starting uh, starting with Alan Wake, starting with the first Alan Wake with those really really bad Night Springs segments. Yep. That they're like, oh, what if we put some actual money into this later? They have some live action for Alan Wake's American Nightmare. They do a ton of live action for Quantum Break, which is the one game I think none of us have played. Yeah. Oh, uh, neither of you played Quantum Break. It was a Microsoft game, and I've never had like an Xbox or anything. So I mentioned Max Payne and Max Payne 2. Yeah. Those games, again, published by Rockstar. But even though they reviewed well, they didn't sell as well as Take-Two was hoping. 
And so they dropped Remedy as a developer. And very importantly, Take-Two retained the rights to the Max Payne intellectual property. And so they ended up then developing another sequel, Max Payne 3, in-house at Rockstar without Remedy being involved at all. And this is very important. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, you wouldn't think it would be as important as it is for the Alan Wake sequel that you know the actual backstory of the Remedy Studio, but it is integral. Yeah. Because yes. in the first it. Alan Wake, if we remember, Alan Wake, who is a writer, he'll he'll let us know that mm, he has, on yeah. occasion. Loves Stephen King. He, he yeah, he's having his Stephen King writing misery moment where he's like he's hit writer's block. He doesn't know what he wants to do next and uh, his wife takes him up to a lake. It's not a lake. It's not a lake. It's an ocean. Yes, but it's also <laughs> a lake. Oh, ah! Oh. And then he gets he gets hainted and whatever. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hainted. Hainted. Yeah, by all the haints. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but when we get little flashbacks to his life in New York City, hey, he's a hotshot writer of mystery detective novels. Yes. Starring a character named Alex Casey. And the couple right. of times you get to read a couple pages, you hear voiceover, and that voiceover is the same voice actor who played Max Payne. Right. James McCaffrey, uh, rest in peace, by the yeah, way. Just uh, passed yeah, away. Just, just passed away, but totally integral to sort of this core mythos here where yeah. you have this hard-boiled detective character, and in he is, for all intents and purposes, Max Payne. And yeah. I think that if they were legally able to do so, Alan Wake would have just been the writer of Max Payne. But they can't do yeah. that because Take-Two right. owns Max Payne. Now. And honestly, we're better for it. We're better yes. for oh, that infinitely. limitation that's been placed on them because you, you're you always playing with the knowledge that you are looking at and hearing Max Payne, but not Max Payne, this yep. other thing that he's transformed into. Yeah, right. I, I don't know how tolerable it would have been had it just been Max Payne in the Alan Wake days, you know? like <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a hole. Play... There's yeah. a hole behind me. <laughs> like that. I mean, Alan Wake was unbearable enough with Barry uh, just constantly running around to... Uh, hey, it's uh, me, your agent. Ain't I a goofy guy? <laughs> I'm so goofy. You'll be uh, happy to know Barry is not in Alan no, Wake 2. No. He's mentioned a lot. Barry got shoved in it. firmly through the no-no door. I think well, he's gone. Because the DLC gets really Barry-heavy, and then Alan Wake's American Nightmare like hangs on Barry. And mm-hmm. I think they realized we can't. Well, keep he's doing the Jar Jar of the series. Yeah, it, you know, yeah, he's the key to the all key of to us. everything. The yeah. key that he keeps fucking dropping. <laughs> it's worth noting that Alan Wake may very well not have come about were it not for the fact that Remedy and Take Two broke up. Right yeah. after yes. that breakup, they needed to start developing a new IP. Yeah. They signed an exclusivity deal with Microsoft Game Studios, mm-hmm. and. Alan Wake was released for Xbox 360 in 2010. After a five-year development yes. cycle. This game was originally supposed to be this physics-heavy, open-world mm-hmm. horror game with a day-night cycle, with all the yeah. like stuff that you would see maybe 10 years later more frequently. And you obviously, like those cars all around. Yeah, and like Remedy was not, not <laughs> Remedy was not a triple A studio, as you said, right. Josh. Like they sold well; right. they weren't selling the kind of well that Take Two demanded from its its developers. Right, mm. and yeah, they didn't have the stuff required to do both this really impressive technical stuff with lighting effects and physics objects that are all flying around all the time, which is another one of their staples since Max Payne, and. Instead, they had to like chop it down. And I think the Alan Wake that we have is a very chopped down game, which is why stuff like the tutorial is really strange and Mm -hmm. confusing. 
Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and this is not uncommon. And, yeah. you know, for, for a sort of large but not huge studio that's very ambitious, that wants to try new things, you end up in sort of a, a, a tug of war oftentimes with the publisher. Yeah. Uh, I think that in many cases, a developer will think that they can deliver more than they actually can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, the publisher kind of has to make some hard choices about what will ship. And the ultimate product, Alan Wake, again, sold pretty well as an Xbox 360 exclusive. There was a follow up PC port in 2012. Uh, yeah. And that's really sort of like before they did the remasters in 2021. That was kind of the gold standard. Yeah. Uh, right. And again, if you want to hear more about Alan Wake, just go back to that uh, unlocked episode from last week. Uh, we did not have fun with that. <laughs> we, we, it's a fun episode, but we it is a fun. Episode. Oh, boy, we did not have fun with that. I game. forgot how hard I went into the bits on that one. I became bits boy. That, <laughs> well, right, because you didn't yeah. actually play the whole thing. So yeah. you had to be the bits. Guy. <laughs> it's so interesting, too, because American Nightmare then like doubles down on everything that was kind of bad in Alan yeah. Wake. Like, it gets a lot more sexist. Well, and that's what's confusing, right, is Alan Wake then sold two DLCs, and then it made this game called American Nightmare, which is not a full game. It's sort of like what Ubisoft does with these Far Cry sequel things, right? right Where right, right. it's like, it's not a DLC, but it it's also kind of is. It's an ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so American Nightmare is kind of shorter. It's built using assets that they already have, but also a lot of new assets because it's set in Arizona for some reason. A lot of live action right. footage. And some of this came out of an idea for Alan Wake 2 that they decided that they weren't going to pursue. So, yeah, after American Nightmare is released, Remedy starts working on a full sequel, right? They want to yeah. pitch Microsoft on Alan Wake 2. Uh-huh. Uh, they did a full internal prototype. Uh, if you take a look in the notes, we've got a link to a video of that uh, prototype, which was not publicly released because Microsoft didn't want to publish it. Yeah. And so instead, Remedy started working on a brand new game. Uh, and that game was called Quantum Break, and it was released in 2016. Yeah. So Quantum Break veered away from horror, and it went into science fiction, time travel physics simulation kind of shit. And right, right. they got Sean Ashmore... Aiden Gillen, Lance Reddick, and Dominic Monaghan. Lance Reddick will be important later uh, to play these characters that are in the game, but also now there are extensive FMV scenes. Now, so for Alan Wake, the FMV was used for bonus stuff. So ever since Max Payne 2, there have been like TVs you can watch in Remedy games. In Max Payne 2, the TVs are showing shows that have some voiceover and they're basically slideshows. For Alan Wake, the TV shows that you watch are hastily put together footage of some office inside of Remedy and then voiceover (laughs) trying to make sense of it. And then in Quantum Break, there not only is stuff you can see on TV, including a teaser for what will become Alan Wake 2, but also there are scenes involving characters in the story that you just watch as live action footage. Right. Mm. And it's worth noting as well that this like integrating live action FMV into a 3D rendered world, this is built into the engine. Yeah. Because the they, they build right. a brand new engine for Quantum Break called Northlight. And right. Northlight is still their engine. They use it for Alan Wake too, right? Because yes. they have a very specific style of storytelling that they are trying to pull off. And so they build their own engine in-house to facilitate that storytelling. And in terms of like the larger Remedy universe, Quantum Break is sort of the least 
integral in terms of like recurring characters that yeah. are exactly the same but there are characters that do come into Alan Wake 2 that are from Quantum Break the protagonist of Quantum Break uh, the actor who plays him plays a character in Alan Wake 2 the named... actor who plays Quantum Break <laughs> yes the, the, the actor plays Quantum Break I'm he Quantum plays a character break. named I'm a he plays breaker a... <laughs> he plays a character in Alan Wake called Tim Breaker yeah that is his come name come on so Quantum Break Again, a pretty decent success, although worth noting that at this point, Microsoft is no longer their publisher. So they seek out another publisher and they get 505 games this time around. And 505 is an Italian publisher that mostly worked on European releases of games that then started pursuing a much more aggressive strategy of global publication. And and Control is one of them. I mean, I there are aspects of that game that I think don't entirely hit, particularly in the latter half. Yeah. Uh, But the vibes of that game are pretty immaculate. Yeah, we talked about playing Control for the podcast, and honestly, we don't like it or dislike it enough for it to, I think, make a good episode. But it starts, I mean, it comes out of the gate incredibly fucking strong. And then it just, the story itself just kind of gets dumber and the combat just is very repetitive for me. Josh likes it. Well, I I do. I mean, I like it mechanically quite a bit, although... I have not played past the first few hours, so who can say if that's the case throughout? What I will say about Control is that it is tight. Oh, yeah. The gunplay and the way that you can throw shit around and all of that. You will hear me yell repeatedly in our Max Payne 2 episode about how frustrating I found the combat in that game. Yeah. Things are not signaled effectively. The actual gunplay itself feels sluggish and confusing frequently to me. With Control, on the other hand, as long as you are down with what the game is trying to do, uh, you can have some fun with it. And, And broadly speaking, I would say that I did. The biggest thing that you should know about Control, though, in terms of how it matters for Alan Wake 2, is that it is part of the same universe. Yeah. Within Control, you play an agent working for a U.S. government agency called the Bureau of Control. And the FBC is, you know, it's like the FBI or the CIA. And rather than dealing with crimes, they deal with matters of the paranormal. It's like SCP yeah. shit, right? Yep. It's it's the yeah. X-Files office. Yep. And they, they deal with altered world events. A-W-E's. Yes. Altered mm. world. Alan Wake. E. Ooh. And they deal with objects of power and these these they've created an explanation for what happens in Alan Wake that's not annoying. Like it's just like, okay, here's this world where like inexplicable things happen. They're localized to certain places. Mm-hmm. The Alan Wake thing is one of them. The Alan Wake DLC of control was very disappointing to me. It's just like, oh, yeah, you remember the psychiatrist? He's like long now. Yeah, he's the longest. He's the longest psychiatrist you've ever seen. <laughs> he's skittling around the roof. He's just attacking skittling. you in the dark. And you got to you got to go get him. Oh, you you know go me, take him I'm out. just scrounging in Skitlin. You know how it's I'm, been. I'm so long. I'm skittling now. You can't catch me. And he like scurries into the I, I like I like the idea of like. You know what's scary? A psychiatrist. You know what's even scarier? A long psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, oh, he better not be Skitlin. Mm, yeah. Because if he's Skitlin, if he's Skitlin I, I'm going to be too fucking to forget play that about game. it. So Control also makes some innovations in how it does FMV sequences, mm-hmm. which it still has. Mm-hmm. There are TVs that you can watch. And it also incorporates full motion live action video into the environment in really clever ways. They found a really neat way to light these things that they just kind of look nice to walk through in a 3D environment where everyone is backlit and silhouetted. Um, And so they have like sort of a halo of light around them. And you will see 
sort of a projection of it in front of you while also seeing a larger version of it or a variation on it in the foreground sort of logged in the same place that like a lens flare would show mm-hmm. up. And also, I think the actor who plays the scientist who you're mostly seeing in these live action scenes yeah. uh, is really good. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. I think he's a. Do you know who that actor is playing that scientist? Is it you? Yes, it's me. That's Matthew Peretta. That is the voice of Alan Wake. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah. By the way, the wow. other, you know who the voice is of the director of the Bureau of Control? James McCaffrey, the voice of Max Payne. <laughs> That's See? right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the other thing that I wanted to point up too about Remedy is that they will find guys and they will stick with them. Yeah. They like keep it's, it's, it's one of those things where they clearly value. And I think a piece of this as well is to do with Sam Lake himself and the fact yes. that he likes working with the same collaborators over and over yeah. and over again, which is I think he is at heart a theater guy in many ways, and that is very sure. much a theater guy quality. Sam Lake really does seem to lean into collaboration, yeah. particularly in between when Alan Wake comes out and Alan Wake 2. Yeah. He talks a lot about how much he's changed and grown since Alan Wake 1, and Control, I think, is like the big leap forward in terms of Remedy as a studio and in terms of their storytelling. They yeah. haven't quite figured out everything yet, but all the pieces are in place for them yeah. to make their masterwork. Well, and AJ, you mentioned the sort of gap between Alan Wake and Alan Wake 2. Yeah. And that is a significant period of time. We've talked about the games yeah. that were released between that period, but also like that's 11 years, right? Yeah, right. That Alan Wake was released in 2010. And the next time that we get firm confirmation of a new Alan Wake game, the actual Alan Wake sequel, Alan Wake 2, it's yes. announced at the Game Awards in December 2021. Jeff Keighley drags Sam Lake up on stage after the teaser and yeah. this is what Sam Lake says. We've been a bit protective. We knew this is going to be a pretty scary experience. I but say, now we are convinced everybody is ready. What, you are ready. What kind of game are we going to get for the sequel? Can you tell us something about it? Yeah, we are breaking new ground here. This is going to be Remedy's first ever survival horror game. Ooh, Our okay. take on the genre. Yeah. The first game had horror elements to it. But it was an action game. Yeah. And we feel that this is the perfect genre to bring together the story and gameplay closer than ever before. Because the story, horror story, is at the very heart of this. And it's psychological, layered, deep mystery oh, to dive wait. into. I, I remember watching that trailer and I think I texted the both of you and I was like, I don't know, man. I think this <laughs> might be good. I think the slide and, message. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, I also got uh, oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you yeah. or something like that. Like, and I was like, no, but like, I think there's something here about it. And to that point, uh, Josh, about how he felt protective of it. I have another quote here from him. Mm. BAFTA, of all people, did a video about the making of Alan Wake 2 and Sam Lake is quoted in it uh, sitting next to, I shit you not, a giant pile of all the previous drafts of Alan Wake 2 that's oh. like up, that comes up to like his mid torso and he just, he kind of looks very tired, I guess <laughs> is the best way yeah. to describe it, but uh, here here's the quote from him. I feel that we, when we ended up in this situation that we did the first game so long ago and only now got to the sequel, it feels like between these two, even if they are part of the same there has been a lot of growing up in between and that 
I don't know. I hope that once this is done and out there and you look at the whole franchise, the first part and the second part, that it gives you something really, really unique in the sense that there was a gap of nine. Well, there are all those learnings and lessons and growing up in between. And yet it is very much the same thing. No, it's fucking not. I'm so yeah. sorry. Sam. <laughs> it is not the same thing at all. I just felt so happy that there was that suffering along the way that it didn't happen yeah. earlier because all those steps along the way have informed what makes Alan wake to what it is yeah well and and to say about alan wake one is it does have novelty on its side right i, I don't think it's a very good game but there was right going into a horror game at that point in time it was pretty much just zombies right it was just yeah. like yeah. resident evil had started changing up its formula but it was still pretty much resident evil dominated you know he made a right. game that wasn't zombies it was still kind of zombies and it was about a writer and you used a flashlight like in luigi's mansion and, right. and it, it's a very different sort of game. There isn't another game, especially at that point in time, that plays or behaves just like Alan Wake does, for better and worse. So, <laughs> with all of the hype, uh, the game is released just in time for Halloween 2023. It's like the second or third week of October, I want to say. And uh, rapturous reviews. Earth-shattering reviews. Yeah. Masterpiece, 10 out of 10, game of the year for so many like websites and things. Like It, it was a very good year for video games last year. Terrible to work in the video game industry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, for, uh, the actual games that came out were magnificent. Like One of the best years in gaming that we've ever had. And the fact that it was standing up amongst those titans made me go... Was I right? <laughs> hey there, you are listening to a preview of a premium episode of The Worst of All Possible Worlds. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this, head on over to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash worst of all. And you can listen to not only the rest of this episode, but our entire backlog of premium episodes, bonus episodes. And if you subscribe at the $10 tier, you will get an extra episode of the podcast every single month. Again, that is patreon.com slash worst of all. Hope to see you there.